So I want you to look, don't say what you think this is. I just want you to look at the symbol for a minute. Could be lots of different things. If I, if I did this, what would you think it was? What? Baby. You guys don't have little kids or something. What's the problem? Baby shark, do, 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 baby. Grandpa shark, do, do. grandpa shark, do, do. That's not what it is, but I was, but I'm telling you, the first service, they knew what it was. Either you're not coffeeed up enough or something's wrong. Come on. You're, you're right, though, it's not that. It is actually a less than sign. That's what it means. So if you have something on this side, whatever's on this side is less than. No, it's less than. This is the greater than side. This is the less than. Fine, whatever I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. Gosh, I am really hurting right now. Anyway, you know what it means less than, okay? So we think about things that are less than. If something is less than, gosh, I just feel like I got beat up. <laughs> I feel less than right now. Coke or Pepsi? So Pepsi is less than. In case you don't know, it's less than. If you think the other way, you are less than. It's not good, is it? Think about things that we think are greater than or less than though, right? Think of the very many ways we do this. Take sports teams. Is your team greater than or less than the team they played yesterday? See, I think we're greater because we're a Buckeye. I think we're lesser because we're everyone else. It's funny that we do that though, don't we? And have you ever attached that to it? Like if my team loses, I somehow feel less than. Now there is a catch to this. If you feel less than, all you have to say about the other team is they are the most arrogant people. They are less than. You don't even have to win to be greater than. It's awesome. Apparently it's not so awesome. You're getting the picture though. Now here's the thing. It's funny with little things but is it possible we treat each other as greater than or less than depending on the circumstance? Think of how many times you interact with someone and you think less than. You know what? They're less than because their work ethic is less than mine. They're less than because their work ethic is too high. It can go any direction. They're less than because they have less. They're less than because they're too superficial. They're, you realize this works in any direction, right? They're less than because they don't think like I do. They have different values or understandings than I do. That makes them less than. They're not as educated. They're less than. They're arrogant at their intellect. They're less than. They think differently than I do politically. They're less than. They don't live out life the way I would. They do things I would never do. Therefore, they are less than. Now, what I want to picture for us today is to be challenged on looking at people the way we do and having that break. We're in this series right now. It's the last week of the series and we've called it Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Emotional. We've been looking every week at this idea that God has made us to mature emotionally. We say in our mission that we're to be radically loving and growing together in Christ. The idea that we mature, we grow up. But we've recognized in the church, oftentimes we substitute, if I'm growing in my Bible knowledge and I'm growing in serving and I'm growing in missional life, emotional life isn't connected to that, but it is. And so over these seven or eight weeks, we've been looking each week at different facets of God calling us to grow emotionally. 
And I want to encourage you, if you haven't been part of this, go back online. We have all these different series, this thing we've gone through of looking at different facets of it from our emotions to the emotions of others to how we deal with grief and loss to conflict, just lots of pieces. This is just kind of a culmination this week that we want to look at the big picture of how we see each other in the midst of our lives and how it's impacted by our emotions and how God wants us to see differently. So to do that, we're gonna go into a letter that a man named John writes. Now, John is a guy who walked with Jesus. There were 12 disciples that followed him and three particularly were brought into more close proximity. He invested deeply in them. And so John was one of those three. He actually writes one of the four accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, the book of John, we call it. It's much more like a letter. It's some chapters, but it's much shorter than you would think of a regular book. He wrote three letters later to the early church, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And we're in 1st John right now, and he has a theme in this book that I want to look at that takes us into understanding the very thought I gave you this morning about less than. So we're going to be at the end of this letter. He kind of summarizes here. He says, Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Now, where we're gonna go is this idea of how we're to love others, but I wanna stop for a minute because it just says it there, but I think we run past it. If you see the beginning, it says since, meaning this is why, since what? God loved us. Now, before we even talk about how we view others as less than, I just wanna pause for a minute and consider how every one of us in our own life can feel less than before God. That in some way we feel insecure, insignificant, trying to please him. And it happens, by the way, in both directions. Some of you are high-octane performers, and our performance can often give us the illusion that we're okay. Because if we do enough, if we perform well enough, if we achieve one enough, then maybe we'll be okay before God. And then there are those of us who think if anybody saw the list, if they could play a little video or a little segment of my life, they'd see how bad it is. I would never be enough. And what I want you to understand is before we even talk about how we view others, if we don't understand this, we will always view others as less than because we don't understand it ourselves. We say in our mission, we're to be radically loving. What that means is we experience the radical love of Christ and out of that, we're loving to others. What that means is we walk before God understanding we're not less than or greater than, we're infinitely loved by. And I thought, I wanna take a minute. I'm actually gonna pray over us in a minute for this very truth, but I just wanna give you a picture that it's happened to me in the last week. I was in a prayer time with someone who's kind of counseling and coaching with me. And this picture came in the midst of the prayer time. And it was a picture of a father coming to his son's baseball game. And the dad was just pumped. And he was cheering his son on. And I kept hearing the same thing over again. That's my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. And it occurred to me, it was a picture God was giving me of how he sees us. God comes to our lives and he doesn't look and go, I'm watching for the mistakes. I'm watching for the mess. He looks at you and he goes, that's my boy. That's my girl. That's him. That's her. Man, I love them. I want you to think about it as a parent, for those of you who are. 
I know this is true for me. My kids can do great or do poorly. Man, I cherish them in all senses. My viewing of them and their value intrinsically is not met on how they perform. Now, I know this is a simple idea, but I want to pray over us because I don't think we believe it. And I don't think I'm alone. And I just had a sense, even though we're going to talk about treating others, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to kind of pour out his love on us in the middle of the message before we even go on. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and even just, if you're comfortable, you can put your hands out just kind of as a receiving. And Lord, I am asking today for each person here that you would show them your love. God, I pray for those here today who struggle with performance, who say, I just got to do better. I work really hard at it. I'm a good person. God, they'd let go of that. They'd know that you love them for how you've made them, not for what they do, not for whether they achieve or whether they don't. They're not as good as their last time, but they're always loved by you. I pray for those of us here who feel like I've got so much inside if people saw they would never that they would just hear your very words and your presence wash over them. I love you. I love you. You're my boy. You're my girl. I cherish you as you are. God, I am asking it would be poured out in such a way that it wouldn't be informational, but your spirit would just be continuing to give that picture. I don't even know, Lord, what the picture should be. I know for me it was a baseball thing. Maybe it would be something else. But give them a picture of you standing, cheering them on, loving them in all things. And may they just hear your love wash over them. And then speak to us as we continue to look at this passage and this reality in your name. Amen. I'll come back to that at the end because there's one other thing I want to touch with how we can distort this. But I didn't want us to miss this piece before we talk about what we're to do. Because John is very clear. He almost lets go after a little while talking about God's love and just keeps talking about real Christians love each other. That's how you know you're a Christian. You love other people. You love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what he says again and again. If we really love each other, as we're supposed to, they don't see God, but if we, see each, if we love each other, people actually see God's love in us and it's made complete. In other words, they'll see Jesus by how we love each other. And that doesn't mean just inside the church. It means how we love everyone. Let me take you to another part of this letter because John gets more specific about this. And he always compares light in the kingdom with darkness and the lack of the kingdom. That's what he's looking at metaphorically. So he says, anyone who claims to be in the light and, but hates a brother or sister still lives in darkness. And anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. Now, in case you don't realize it, if you think of all the things that bring us down in life, what John is saying is, if you actually learn to love others with the love Jesus has, you won't fall. Now, that doesn't mean your life goes perfectly, but it means you live a peaceful, meaningful life. That's how important he's saying it is. Now, he gives this caveat, don't be hateful. And, and we'd probably all say, well, I don't hate anybody. But come on. Don't you hate people at different times for things that happen? Have you ever hated someone just because they disagreed with you? Is it ever hard for you when they don't see things the way you see them? Show of hands. If people would just listen to me, life would go better. And you kind of think, what's the matter with them? Why don't they see life the way they're supposed to? Let's be honest, especially in West Michigan, let's be honest. I think that doctor was last week, but we are really kind to each other to our faces. But man, we step back and there's a lot of ugliness inside. 
of how we can see each other. We see each other less than. They don't see this the way I do, they're less than. They don't value what I value, they're less than. And we rationalize it, don't we? This is an incredible challenge that John gives. And make no mistake, it's central to Jesus' teaching too. Let me take you to a passage in Matthew's account, one of the four accounts, that Jesus is talking about the end of time, kind of what matters most through all of life. And this is what he says in Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes, meaning he'll come back, he'll return after his resurrection, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Now he's describing the people that are with him and that love him and follow him and the people that do not and will not. But then he clarifies who they are by six little activities. And he says these six things speaking about who they are that are the sheep. And he says this, he says, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. Now, I don't know why this is the image I chose, but he just, he looked more hangry than hungry, didn't he? You ever get that where you're just mad when you're hungry? I think my wife has figured this out because she notices when I'm irritated, she's like, you need an apple? Do you need something else? And somehow that makes it better. I don't think he's speaking to that kind of hungry, but the picture here of Jesus is you see someone destitute and in need and you help, he's saying this about himself, you helped me. This, I was destitute and you helped me. He then says, I was thirsty and you helped me. He then says, I was a stranger. There's another word for stranger that actually makes more sense to us today. It's foreigner. Some of you are younger, don't know who that is. It feels like the first time. Not a good song, but a great song. That's foreigner, by the way, in case you don't know. But he didn't mean that kind of foreigner. He meant people from different lands. He said, when I was an alien, when I was different from you, you welcomed me. And then he moves to the next one. When I was without clothes, you gave me clothes. And then he brings another one in. When I was sick, you took care of me. And then his final one, when I was in prison, you visited me. He gives these six categories of things that people did for him. And then they ask the question, when did we do this for you? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you as a stranger, a foreigner? When did we see you without clothes? When did we see you sick? When did we see you in prison? And he gives this really powerful response. Whatever you did for one of the least, for anyone who was less than. Less than, less than. When you did it for them, you did it for me. When you do it for the less than, you did it for me. Now make no mistake, he's giving a strong picture here, particularly in the ancient world, though it applies today for the forgotten and the forsaken. And that is certainly a main application of this for the forgotten and the forsaken that we often, when we're in well places, look at as less than. But we can extend our understanding of this to anyone we view in any way as less than. Because we all can in lots of places, can't we? We begin to gauge people differently. And I would tell you it's a very simple understanding when you see someone you think is less than. Start asking yourself right now, who do I view as less than and why? What are the people 
I tend to be irritated with or have trouble seeing anything good in. Just consider it for a minute. I thought about running through different lists, but they'd be my own. But let's be honest, even those close to us that we love, can't we see them this way? I cannot believe you did that. You are less than right now. I cannot believe you think that way. You are less than right now. I can't believe you're asking me for this. You are less than right now. I can't believe you value that. You are less than right now. Think of those that we extend out to our friendship circles and our Christian community. Do you know that you guys don't see everything the same way? It's, I know it will be a shock to you. If I took a survey, I'm not sure you'd agree on a lot of things. And how easy is it for us to look at our very own brothers and sisters and say, because you think this way, because you value this, because you do that, you are less than. And then take it out to our friends that are wandering and far from God and how they feel less than from us. We somehow think we're superior because we've discovered Jesus. You know, he made it really clear, by the way, it's not because of what we do, it's because of what he's done. But oftentimes we get confused. We somehow think we're exceptional. Look at me, I followed him, I'm awesome. And we look at others and say, less than, less than, less than. When you see someone you think is less than, Jesus says, see me, see me. In that very person, see me. And the very person you're saying, I can't believe, see me. And the very person you're thinking, how could they, see me. And the very person you are offended by what they value and promote, see me. I'm not saying he's saying he thinks all of those things. I'm saying we have missed the very infinite value God's made in everyone he's made. You realize every person on the planet is made in the image of God. Certainly we're broken and fallen, but we're still made in his image. Now you understand Jesus is a master creator, right? We live, we live in a great place of creation. Are you ever enamored with the creation of God as you go out and look at our surroundings? Guess what his best work was? Us. Every single one of us. I think what happens is we either don't get our own love of Christ to the level he has and we don't feel enough. Or we look at people and think, how could they? And we don't see Christ in them. And I'm telling you, I've never lived in a more hateful time than we're living in today. And I'm telling you, there is no place in the church to treat people disrespectfully and hatefully. You can disagree, but if you can't give dignity and respect and honor in that, you have lost sight of seeing Jesus in the people around you. We should be different. I was hanging out with one of my friends today who is not a follower of Jesus and really, for the most part of his life, has not liked Christians. And we, we developed, I really care about this guy and he's become a good friend. And I just saw him at a place we, we typically hang out. And I just said, man, I'm so glad to see you. And he goes, really? Are you sure? And it kind of ripped me. Because it occurred to me, he doesn't think people think he's of value. I love this guy. He's got great insights to life. He does some great things in life. He certainly has things I would not agree with, and I'm still working on it. But when I see him, 
I see the compassion of Jesus in his life and how he hangs with his son, how he cares for his family, how he does what he does for his work. I think God wants us to have that. And I want people that I'm trying to reach not to think we're horrible, hateful people. And we can't be. And man, it's gotta change. And I'm not pointing the finger, I'm not looking at any, I'm not like, I didn't have an agenda. Three people need to hear this today. No, I'm just saying in general, our culture is so harsh and hateful. And I kept hearing God go, nobody's less than. Nobody's less than. And by the way, nobody's greater than. You do understand that, right? That's the beauty of the cross. There's Jesus and there's us. You can't look at somebody and go, but your sin list is so much worse. I would never do that. They're not less than you. And by the way, don't even presume that because you haven't lived their life. It's one of the things that's hit me is the more I meet with people that have messy lives, the more I realize they have messy circumstances. I'm a pretty impulsive person. If I dealt with some of the things they had, I'm not sure I wouldn't be in the same place. I'm not sure it wouldn't be worse. What I am sure of is God loves me and meets me in my own brokenness and says, you're my boy. And God says it to my friends the same way. You're my boy. You're my girl. Man, I love you. You are not less than. When you see someone you think is less than, see me, see Jesus. I don't mean see me like go to the principal's office. I mean, you start to look and see Jesus in them and you will. I, I wanna close this time before we go into communion and it'll be a wonderful, really kind of, I hope an exclamation. I'm, I'm, I've been asking God to meet us uniquely in communion today just for you to sense his love for you as a child. But I want you to realize that if you have trouble with other people, there are two things going on. One is, you very well may not fully understand your identity as a loved child of God. Because when we do, we can disconnect from the, the difficulties in those things and know we're out of identity, we're loved and valued. And then we enter into those differences. And so I wanna pray over us for that again. But I also wanna pray for us that we will begin to see people that we've assumed are less than as of infinite value. And I mean that individually, people groups, all sorts of things. You think of any kind of group that you've said, this group behaves this way because it's a way we review people that's not of God. No one is less than, no one is greater than, but you realize God made everyone in his own image of infinite value, of incredible dignity and respect, and everyone is deserving of it, everyone. This comes back to how we treat others and ourselves and it always will bubble up emotionally. Now I'm gonna pray for us with this in mind and I wanna give you one last thing that's maybe kind of an ongoing piece because this has been true for me. As you're wrestling with your own identity in Christ and asking him to show you who you are, you will have things you've seen in your life. I call, they call them lenses, kind of ways you perceive things differently that keep telling you you're less than. Well, I did this, I did this, I did that. That's the way life always is. So I'm gonna ask God even to move in that, that he might let you see with his eyes and not your circumstances. But in the same way, I'm gonna ask him to begin to have you see people differently too. So I'm gonna ask God to move among us and pray for this right now. And I want you to, to even expect, I want God to move. I'm not just asking, hey, it's a nice thing I prayed the messages over. 
I am praying the Holy Spirit would breathe on us and infuse his love and presence in us. Let's pray together. Lord, I ask right now for each of us, again, where we have not really believed how you see us as sons and daughters, that we'd hear your voice, that's my boy, that's my girl. I pray for those lies and lenses we've seen life through, they'd begin to dissipate. I pray for, again, for those on the treadmill, they'd get off. For those on the self, I'll never get there, they'd let go and just have you meet them. God, in the same way we're asking to receive your love, begin to bring to mind those places and people we see as less than. And Lord, let that begin to change in us. Let us begin to see you in the very faces we have seen with disdain or anger or hurt to begin to see them as made in your image. And God, I pray through our church, even specifically through ours, you would start breathing life, that we will treat people differently and it will be noticeable. That there will be a power of your brightness, your kingdom and your lightness, that others go, wait a minute, something's different in you. God, I'm praying for a room full of heroes and a room full of people that get your love and give your love. A room full of people, God, that start to see who people are and not their brokenness and not their mess and not the things that say less than. That we would be a people that like you are saying, that's my boy, that's my girl. We're saying that's your child, that's your loved one. God, give us opportunities even this week to do that. And then Lord, I'm praying you will seal that even as we celebrate communion out of this time in a unique and wonderful way. Lord, would you now just meet us in this sacred activity in your name, amen. Well, we want to respond by celebrating communion together. And I love the, the picture that it is for all of us. We celebrate this regularly because it's a centering activity. You know, Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, and he gave thanks. He said, this is my body given for you. He meets us in our darkest failure. He didn't say, I came. I mean, remember this. God is overall in all and through all. He became human. He limited his glory by taking on the very nature of humanity, by being a man as well as being God. You know why? Because in your brokenness and in your worst moment when you felt less than, he said, nope, you're mine. And I'm gonna heal and make that better by how I love you and how I came for you in the flesh. And then in the same way, he took the cup. He said, it's a new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. When you take this, you're reminded that my death, my bloodshed brings about forgiveness for everything that you'd believe makes you less than. Because in my eyes, it washes it away. And you are restored to the image I made from the beginning of time and who I intended you to be. Whew. The bread and the cup say, you're my boy. You're my girl. I am cheering on expectantly what I have for you. Don't you dare keep living thinking you're less than. And we take it together because we're reminded we're all in that place as his followers. Everyone, love it with communion. No one's greater and no one's lesser. You could make a billion dollars and you could be in deep debt. And guess what? God sees the infinite value of all. You could, and we could put anything we want on this. No one is greater and no one is lesser. There's Jesus 
and there's all of us. That's my boy. That's my girl. I'm getting pumped about it. I don't know if you are, but you should be. I'm telling you, what we take at communion is a pumped up deal. It's not, oh, I take communion. It's, man, I get to celebrate that God loves me and I'm his kid. Oh, you realize you're all the apple of his eye? Who's God's favorite? Every one of you. He doesn't go, you're my second or my third and I have 15. He's going, I love each one of you uniquely and individually. I made you uniquely for a reason. Oh, I'm gonna get you pumped up one way or another. You're gonna be excited when you take the stinking communion. That's what I gotta go. It ain't gonna really stink, but it's gonna be good. I want you to realize that's what the image is of. Oh my gosh, God came in the flesh for you. Think of your lowest moment. Put them all together. He's still there. He's there on purpose. It isn't a mistake. Okay, let that sink in for a second. I'll explain what we're gonna do now. You take that in, you get pumped up. I need you to get pumped up. I'm gonna give you guys something to help you. I don't know what it is, but stop at coffee shops or something. I don't know. Well, we're gonna stand in a minute. You'll make your way down the aisles. There'll be four stations in the front and two in the back. We have gluten-free options here. We don't in the back. It is our last Sunday of the month. The fourth Sunday, we celebrate a benevolent offering. And it is a simple way we give to those who feel less than to remind them they're not. The same way we know that we feel less than in our spiritual struggles. That's what we do. And so we'll do that as well. When you step up, you'll take the bread. You'll hear the words of the body of Christ given for you. You'll dip it in the cup. You'll hear the words of the blood of Christ shed for you. And you will take, and I'm praying God will speak something over you of his love for you and his joy in you that you are not less than. You are loved by him infinitely. There's no stipulations. You don't have to be a member here. We just want you to be pursuing Christ. There will be those who say, I have much faith. And there'll be some that say, I wish I had more. Some who say, I've been here often and some who haven't been for a long time. Some of you will have tried to follow and some of you will have failed. And we say, if you're pursuing, you're all welcome. If you're not ready for that, you can certainly stay where you are, but we don't want you to feel like you cannot respond and Christ will meet you even in your confusion and questions. Let me have you stand. I'm gonna pray for us. If you're gonna be at the stations, if you'd get to those now. Lord, as we pray for this time, we ask you to meet us. God, I pray that this unique sacred activity would be a time of you pouring out your presence on us, that we would know your love and your joy in us, that you have conquered everything we face. So Lord, I'm asking that you'll meet us in this wonderful sacrament, that you would lead us as we sing and worship together. And Lord, that you will pour out the love you have for us. I pray this in your name. Amen. You come as we worship together by row.